0: Hey you, yeah you, do you like things that don't work and or having a cold bedroom? Why not buy yourself a broken radiator? Come down to Howie Normans and talk to one of our talented broken salesmen who can sell you some of the most state-of-the-art broken household appliances for fully working prices. And yes, all of our staff are men. Broken radiators will mark the new era of aestheticism. For a premium, you can pay to have your broken radiator installed in your home. So come on down while the earth is still flat to Howie and Normans, the number one retailer for all your broken needs. Hello, I'm Frankie, and you're tuned into the Meditations for the Anxious Mind podcast. Today I'm joined by John Connors, actor, director, writer, and traveler rights activist. Namaste. Okay thank you for that Nice one We can finish now That's, yeah, that's, that's a good podcast Good that. ad Yeah there's actually it's, it, That's my peak
1: Yeah it's, I don't know where it's going You're a
0: professional With the headphones I still don't like The sound of my own voice really? So I'm just going to Inflict it, it on you voice. instead
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah Actually do you no You
0: have a kind of Radio voice as well Like you could do yeah. ad read. You should do that yeah <laughs> let's go let's go
1: again <laughs> do you know why you wear wear these actually in podcasts and stuff Joe Rogan made a very good point mm. it does give you an idea of, of how the listeners are taking it when especially when you talk over each other and that. because when I hear some podcasts particularly with Irish podcasts and that and people just starting off that's one of the biggest tug of wars is just this constant and you go oh that's just mm. aesthetically not good for my ears so I'm going at least I'm a little bit more aware not yeah. to be such a cutting across content like, you know what I
0: mean <laughs> I, I have to be You should have seen the first couple of episodes It was like Sometimes I can get into a mode where I'm either in the present moment And I'm listening to you Or or, or I'm just thinking about the next thing I'm going to say and going like oh no this is good this is like a really good point you know it's, it's like narcissism 101 that's all it's
1: that like, E-tablet yeah,
0: right. that, that yeah, much. Yeah. The 14 line ends. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah all the research in the disco database <laughs> yeah it was totally scientific <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah all tested yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah thanks so much for coming on man I really appreciate it um I You know this, this is one of those podcasts Where I really just want to hear You talk I don't even have to ask him any questions <laughs> But I suppose what if I just went quiet you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah I just fucking myself out the window. Yeah, yeah yeah But uh, yeah We won't do that <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I would have heard of you first I think it was 2018 2017 uh, it was the this um, do you remember that? <laughs> I think so <laughs> Yeah yeah. Well, a long four years Since then
1: now To <laughs> yeah. be honest But yeah but When yeah. you
0: look at even Four years time Like yeah. I can't remember I was a different person Until 2018 mm. Like it's mad But anyway um, I, I saw that And that was what I've, I'd never seen an actor who was also a traveller at that mm. time. Uh, you know, and and then looking into your stuff then a lot of your a lot of your like a lot of your work would involve other travelers and you know minority groups. Yeah. And um which is great. But uh like just to hear from, from the other side, you know, because we hear like in the media, it's all like, you know, and you spoke about it as well, like about the itinerary report in nineteen sixty three and all these kind of parliamentary enactments nearly that kind of just repress travellers for so long you know and um, you know just to hear the other side of it though and to hear the stories you know it was was really eye opening good Um,
1: yeah good well I suppose that's part of it's not uh, technically my job I suppose I kind of had no choice in the matter that's the way I look at it anyway once I got a a bit of fame and there was a bit of spotlight on me which you know came from love hate essentially first time you know, all the other actors were being asked, of, who do you want to work with in Hollywood? And, you know, if you had a kind of dinner date, who would you go with? And all these, you know, sort of trivial, shitty questions. Anyway, but I was asked to account for travel or crime and all this serious mm. stuff. So I had a choice, you know I <laughs> to basically just shut me out and keep going. But that's not my fucking temperament. My temperament is always <laughs> to fight back. Uh, and then actually, I, you know, when you kind of get a little bit older and you start analysing yourself and analysing your life, I realized that i was I was Braddford in a way because my grandmother and her sister Nan Joyce they were both Dunahoo's maiden name and and they got married to Ward and Joyce, both two of the first kind of travel activists and they were iconic mm-hmm. of the time, and I would have grown up with their stories at the fire, you know, so I grew up in a camp with like fifty two first cousins living in the camp. 12 aunts and uncles grandparents second third cousins and other travelers as well that are kind of interrelated to cousins of mine so like it's like a, it was like a reservation like you wouldn't really get a camp that size anymore that no one near that size so i grew up every night and there was a bonfire every night and you go to the fire and you'd be begging your mother please kind of just stay up for another hour because mm-hmm. i'd be hearing all these stories and they would vary to be stories from on the road years ago and how my grandmother and grandparents, like how they grew up living in tents, living in wagons, traveling all around Ireland. Stories about their grandparents going back and they had an oral history going back hundreds of years. Then political stuff and what you had to do to fight for the rights. And those were kind of the early beginnings of me as a storyteller, which translated into acting, directing, writing, activism, all that stuff. Yeah. Because you're conjuring up all these images And we used to love Mimi, Brother Joe, like we'd love just being around the fire more than we'd love television. And we fucking love television. You know what I mean? We were telly freaks, but um, we just loved that. And I suppose when you start looking back in your life, you realize, okay, it all did make sense. And when I start getting, you know, when they start asking me those sort of provocative questions, the journalists, the media and uh, throwing X, Y and Z stereotype at me. I was well prepared, um, but it was a position of defense. I was always in a position of defense. And actually, Frankie, it's great. I love doing podcasts, and this is why. And I do loads of podcasts, and I actually would... I don't think I've ever even said no to one, Mm. because I love long-form conversation. Because I had... Five or six years there Where I was in The the first five or six years I'm in the spotlight I'm in the spotlight About ten years now basically The first five or six years Podcast wasn't as big As they are now And you're You're having to go on A radio show And it's an eight minute segment Or television And it's an eight minute And you're just on the back foot Straight away And they ask you this question And then you have to Deconstruct this fucking question that really takes a fucking 20 minutes to talk about and talk about the 1963 report and itinerary and the, the effects of that the intergenerational effect you're not going to be able to do that in eight fucking minutes mm. and then what ends up happening then is you come across as angry you're this that and you're and your feet into a stereotype and you go ah, he's just the angry fella you know and I go yeah I have a reason to be angry but I don't even have enough time to explain <laughs> to you why yeah. I'm fucking angry yeah. you know what I mean so so this is why I actually love doing the podcast so I was I was proper prepared I didn't realise it it was a, a sort of training ground for activism. And storytelling, the camp growing up and that. Like my grandmother would, you know, send us down the backfield to look for fairies and mm. we'd go down with uh, be, you know, jars that you know you go down and collect bees but we go down and collect fairies. Yeah. And we were convinced we saw them and we go back, we saw them, look at there's two there and get a wish and your imagination was just off the charts as a child. And I always kinda kept on to that imagination, that childhood imagination, which helps you in acting big time. So to me it's all about that. It's all about having fun. And even no matter how serious a scene gets or, you know, just keep that fun element, you know. I was actually talking to somebody there I met there in the I Fi a while ago. And um we're talking about kind of acting and the philosophy of acting and there's a lot of pretentious bullshit around it you know and a lot of like you know this method stuff and serious and they're taking themselves so fucking so serious but it's all ego and ego is the artist's enemy but I've met people who saw me after doing me one man show and at a certain point they come up to me, I know, I know John, I was looking at you there in that moment and it was so deep and I know you were going to hell in your head, weren't you? And I'm like, No, I was thinking about what I was gonna eat for fucking lunch. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, Are my brother's going in tonight, I'll have a pint with them afterwards. I fucking half the time you don't know what and and you're not in control of that. That that whatever that that alchemy or whatever happens within you and an audience. There's no you can't create that deliberately. It happens or it doesn't happen, you know what I mean? You could be going to the pits of hell in your fucking head and they're going, ah, that was shite. Yeah. There was no emotion in that, you know? So so for me, it's about having fun, using the imagination. And then um, you have to, like, mental health was kind of what dragged me into acting. Basically, I was suicidal and I had no way out. And I watched films all my life and was obsessed with films but never thought of doing films. Like, that's fucking crazy. Like, I'm a traveler for fucking Darndell. Like me saying I want to be an actor like saying you want to be a fucking astronaut. It's the same fucking thing, you know what I mean? And so it wouldn't even come into my head as a possibility until my brother Joe confronted me and said, are you going to kill yourself? And I gave him an indication that it was, but I didn't say it because I was so repressed. And we had this three hour conversation. And at the end of it, he came up with the solution to uh, to for me to get into acting. and just like try an acting class as a cathartic sort of practice, you know. So once I got into it, then this weight was lifted. And um, then I figured out after a while that I couldn't just depend on that to be, to, to, you know, to be therapeutic. I also had to start communicating and talking. And I always was a good speaker, but not about certain subjects. So that, that was kind of stuff that you had to work on yourself with. And look... I fucking make mistakes all the time and you were talking about like you know 2018 you were a different person fuck I was a different person like every yeah. year I'm, I'm a yeah. different like when you look back I, 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 I fucking looked back at like some Facebook statuses I'd done at 2016 or oh, something right god and I insane. went what the fuck was yeah. I talking about yeah. I actually ended up going back to 2011 or something yeah. why and would I you went, do that to yourself I know <laughs> I was going oh my god <laughs> how dumb I, I had an IQ of a packet of potato like mm. so you know you're constantly growing hopefully you, de- you are able to look back and go that I was a fucking idiot back then and you're constantly learning and making but mistakes it's worse,
0: it's worse if you look back
1: at it and go yeah that's fucking right I was so yeah, right yeah. back then <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my then you need to get worried yeah, yeah. and actually what was funny because I was looking at some of my brother at the time this was four or five years ago and I was looking at some of my little brother status and I go what's wrong with him do you fucking idiot!" and I'm looking back at mine and they're <laughs> way more ridiculous and I was going oh shit there,
0: there's that blindness that, that like a lot of the time, I think with looking back on Facebook posts, there's like a lack of self-awareness everyone has. Yeah. But it's easy to point it out in someone else. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and I think like uh, I I liked what you were saying about like you know when you were when you were in the camp and you'd be around the fire and like what you were explaining about the fairies and stuff. There was probably that sounds a lot more like it was probably un like maybe the the whole nomadic lifestyle was a lot more untampered with or it wasn't fucked with as much when colonialism came around like that sounds a lot more like ancient Celt times
1: yeah, yeah. well it was we looked into it with our three part series so we did a three part series called John Connors the Travellers and we won the Iftifert and it did great and the History Ireland magazine which is like a prestigious magazine they're all legit the the um the the do uh, pieces on whatever like is in is in them. the is in the lexicon of late about history and it's like basically you, you need to get a good review to them to be considered real and indeed it gave us a great review on, on just our due diligence and how we actually uncovered a lot of history that was there but no one wanted to look at it like for instance if you look at like the theory around travelers coming from the famine okay no anthropologists in ireland ever believed that ever no anthropologists were there their weight and salt because they know at no point in human history has a people just become nomadic that has never happened it has always been the other way around we were all nomadic at one point and it's about when you settled so the question was wrong when the travelers start traveling it's up it's the opposite the question should have been when did settle people settle
0: oh i didn't know so
1: 500 years ago during the reconquest of Ireland, but before, before the reconquest of Ireland, two thirds of the Irish population were nomadic. They traveled. And the reconquest of Ireland came about because they wanted to end the Gaelic culture. And that was a thing that was going on for a few hundred years. And it hadn't they haven't they hadn't yet de-Gaelicised Ireland because the Gaelic culture was about community and and helping each other and what they wanted to actually promote was individualism which I suppose in a modern day context is not a bad thing, but what he meant was was something a lot deeper and it was about creating a kind of selfishness around, around each other. And also, it was also about paying taxes. Right, and so the biggest enemies to the British Empire were nomadic people or, or all across the world. If you look, at even the Bedouin people in Asia and that, in Africa and all that, you look at Gaddafi's actually ancestors, they're all the nomadic, nomadic people. A uh, random one there for you, he was a yeah. Libyan traveler. But, uh, <laughs> really, actually, yeah. there's a traveler called Gaddafi as well, another <laughs> traveler called Hitler. Like, travelers, <laughs> there's so much nicknames for traveler, like because, because, because there's only nickname. about five traveler names you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? John, Joe, Patrick, Michael, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so uh, everybody has 50 Patrick's michael's down so you have to <laughs> give them nicknames yeah. and going to gaelic culture also you would you would go like i know a fella called mickey's joe's john's nels aaron you know yeah. what i mean like you're going back to the grandparents of your name and that's actually Is a gaelic that? thing mm. that's a gaelic thing so you would name the mother or father first before naming them but it was also a way to identify which one they are because you could have five cousins with that fucking name yeah yeah you know so what what's I mean? your do you have any nicknames me and, well mine's very simple just john o Oh I should John have guessed o, that. Yeah. yeah. I've cu- I've cousins called Saucy, Fraggle, <laughs> you know, there's one fellow there, he's not a cousin, but his name yeah. is Butthole. Which <laughs> I would just absolutely refuse to be called Butthole. Yeah. Another fella is called Pieball. These yeah, yeah. travelers there's some ridiculous yeah. names like Yeah, and, and there's an inherent sense of humor in it as well. Oh without a doubt, there's always that. Um like a lot of the things that you would say about Irish people as a whole, you would say about travellers, but even more so you know what I mean like so and even going back if we're going back to back to what we are talking about sort of the, the traveling thing one of the main objectives of that reconquest of Ireland was to settle the, the native Irish in order to pay taxes it was all about paying taxes and there were sheriffs that um, that, uh, that brought about martial law and they could basically take 33% of what was on a person and give the rest back to king or queen at the time, and it was that went on for about nine decades, and the whole thing was about settling the native wandering Irish. We were known as the wandering Irish across the whole of Europe, and essentially that population that travelled, which was two thirds, ended up getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until we now know what, uh, till we now call them travellers. Mm. You know, we, which is only like came in the last two generations. The word travellers We're actually we never called ourselves travellers. We were Mincare. Mm-hmm. And there's no translation for that, that's just our language. But the thing about tra- the traveller thing was a way to actually disempower who we were. Because what he did was, if they encompassed the whole, tr- whole culture as just one thing as in nomadism, well then if you stop that, well then they're no longer travellers. So that was a way of disempowering Travellers, to get Travellers to settle. When in actuality, our culture was old Gaelic culture, and nomadism was just a vehicle that could protect that culture. It's why we were less colonized by, than settled people. That's why when we done the DNA, it showed even we were less, we were less colonized in terms of blood, blood bloodlines, but also culturally, and it's why we held on to so many of the old traditions. Even Travellers living around each other in this site, that's the old Gaelic clan to a culture. You know what I mean? So a lot of these things are just old Irish and uh, we we're looking to carry them on. And actually the funny thing is that the the Irish Free State and the su- successive government since the Irish Free State was formed have been more successful in settling travelers than the British ever were, ironically, mm-hmm. which is saying fucking something like, and actually using a lot of the same similar tactics uh, that the Brits used against us as well, propaganda in the media. Like when the Irish Free State was formed, uh, in the, uh, and in the early twenties, they start painting certain pictures of Travellers as beastly and alcoholic and fighting. The exact same ones that the Brits were using against us yeah. uh, to call us savages, you know, and, and using the exact same terms and talking about tra- uh, talking about Travellers riding about without stir stir um, stirabouts, saddles and stuff, and drinking and fighting and thieving and this, and the same quotes were you this act. Ax- exact same quotes like we opened up our documentary with that quote the exact same quotes were used by the Anglos against the, the Irish so it's just history repeating itself and, and that's that's Jeez, I'm thing. learning something yeah. today yeah. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm trying not to drink too, uh, too fast but I'm no, but yeah. I'm not to 50 coffees today I'm fucking out <laughs> of my head on coffee yeah, slow yeah. down John
0: yeah no, but you know what's funny as well like when I was in school I I always found like A lot of the things I had the least interest in When I was in school I always go back to it. And Carl Jung talks about it The shadow self Yeah You know And like I yeah uh, So like I had no interest in history I was a great history teacher But just I, In school I, I just didn't apply myself I was always kind of You know Smart enough But um, Like I, I didn't have any interest I didn't do I didn't do it for the leaving cert Anyway And uh, going back in it got this brilliant teacher in college I'm uh, studying sociology and psychology You are and right now? Yeah, yeah ah, yeah, yeah, and uh, I had this teacher And we started learning about uh, All the stuff that Karl Marx spoke about on Ireland Because he has a lot of talks about Ireland in general And like his take on colonialism Yeah. And uh, it was just fascinating
1: and, and I got back into it then And he know? was sort of a precursor for psychology and philosophy too yeah. as well Wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Nietzsche and that yeah. Have you looked into any Lacanian stuff? Can you? No, Jacques no, Lacan. no.
0: He was before, he was before Karl Marx. He, Karl Marx no, Lacan wasn't. Oh, who's the fellow? Lacan is
1: a, was a psychoanalyst who probably, I think he died in the 80s, Jacques but he can't so, so like there's Freud, there's Jung, and then there's Lacan. And yeah. Lacan was known for going back to Freud. So he believed in kind of the unconscious and he, he did a lot of stuff that he brought back up at Freud and had his own sort of um, philosophies around things. Like he's this interesting theory about um, essentially the symbolic the imaginary and the real, you know, and it's just, it's, a, it's an amazing sort of dynamic and we all kind of want to be in the imaginary and it's, you know, people like me and you and you, we're all kind of creative people. We yeah. love being in the imaginary. Yeah. Oh, and then Lord. you get dragged into the symbolic, which is about language, and then as you sort of, it's like sometimes when you get um, poor mental health, um, I don't know if you've experienced that, mm-hmm. but you kind of lose language a bit in that. You get stuttery and you kind of, and that's when I know I'm, I'm going in a bad direction, when I stop communicating well, you know, and you get pulled into the real, which is basically hell. And it's essentially, <laughs> it's essentially um, becoming your shadow as well, you know, from not dealing with it. It's, you know, like you obviously they all have crossover theories that are very similar. So it's yeah. kind of, it's similar to the Jungian idea, the Jungian idea of the shadow yeah. as well, being put into the real. And that's, you know, that's not the place, <laughs> not the place you yeah, so I've be. never
0: been in the real In my uh, life No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I've
1: been there bro I've been <laughs> there And I went How the fuck am I Going to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah But you know Always getting mixed up Your man Hegel. Oh yeah was before yeah, Max yeah, so I yeah, get, oh, I'm yeah. terrible with names yeah. And I'm even worse with faces yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I had to put I'm, on my yeah, glasses man, to, I'm, Yeah man I'm the same
1: I'm shy with both of them As yeah. well
0: yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. always go Hey you Hey I have to squint To look over at you there But um yeah, it's it's really interesting because like, I I was always in school. I don't know what you were like in school, but with me, uh, I always like I, I if I wasn't interested. And it goes back to you were talking about individualism, and to a certain degree, there might be a bit of you know naturally there might be a bit of self centeredness in it. But if I wasn't interested in it, I wasn't doing it. Mm. You know that was my way of looking at it. And but on the other end, you know like I, I'd have an addictive personality and I'd be whenever i get obsessed with something you know well i get obsessed yeah. <laughs> and uh and i'll just like be really interested in it and uh and i think we probably share that in common as well in a way that like because i was looking at like your uh, imdb uh, let me just get it out here now <laughs> but uh, your output is fucking crazy like you're, you're you seem to be always writing uh, or if not directing or acting but um what is it that keeps you going how do you keep the creative juices flowing
1: uh, yeah and that's You know I probably am that type of person Because I still think I'm not doing enough So that probably is a sign <laughs> yeah. That I am that type of person uh, But yeah It's it's just a matter of necessity Man I suppose I found creativity And it saved me life mm. And every now and again I get reminded of it Like I mean Just there Back in 2020 I fucking took a full bl- Full blown breakdown And back to that Fuck back to the real yeah. Which I never thought I was going to go back there again I genuinely didn't So um, what, what was that like for you What was going on well, basically, uh, the start of it was COVID and the, the anxiety around COVID. And because, you know, we're seeing people fucking drop in fucking Italy uh, uh, on the ground and we're going, yeah. this is the Black Plague. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we're all going to die. And what it was more about was my mother, my grandparents, you know, and I was so concerned about them. And um, so that started to unravel me, my me mental health. And then I was getting fucking, fucking giving out about everything on Twitter and then getting involved in stuff that I shouldn't have involved in. And I had this it was coupled with so this is like and I've never I haven't talked about this yet but I'll just fucking let's talk about it but there's a I had a self-fulfilling prophecy right that I was going to die before 31 and that came from the fact that my father died at 30 and didn't make it to 31 and in my mind I was always going to die before 31 and I was convinced of it and what I did was I got involved in something that I knew deep down, and I wasn't fully aware of this. I realized that afterwards, but there was, there was some level of awareness to it. But I got involved in something that I knew was going to end my career in one way. And this was like an internalized suicide so that I didn't actually have to physically kill myself, right? So this is some dark fucking young young yeah, children, you yeah. Know what I mean but that's what it was and I realized that afterwards actually there was a moment of going it kind of it was a glitter in my mind at one point and then I went fuck you you're not serving my purpose now I don't even want to delve into that and the purpose was to just to destroy myself mm-hmm. and uh, when I came out of that and and it was also it was coupled with the idea as well with me grand it was my grandfather dying just before this it was like me father so it was 20 And it was 20 something years 22 years after me Father's suicide And it was all this shit And I realised I never grieved for my father My Essentially my new wife, My My real father Who's my grandfather Died And And it was all this trauma And then I was like This internalised suicide And I came out of it then Going Fuck What have I done mm-hmm. This moment of realisation And everything Anything I work for All this shit is fucked I'm done I'm cancelled Times then Like There's no coming back From this and the worst thing was, besides the feeling of I'm never going to come back for this professionally was there was now a reputation out there of me that wasn't on me. And it hurt me to no end because I'm actually a fucking super sensitive person mm. and people think I'm an angry cunt and I'm just, I'm actually very sensitive and it hurt me so deeply that people thought that I was... I had hated me hard for anybody, which I never said anything like that of mm. a certain about anybody. But it was these, it was people that I was connected to because I spoke at this event, and it was just my way of just going fuck it all, mm. really, to be honest. Self sabotage. It it Self sabotage yeah. at the highest level, like, and I've had that trait. Yeah. I actually. So thought, I, yeah. yeah. I've had. I thought I dealt with it, and I didn't de- deal with it. So, so th- then I was reminded. Then I was going. I I lost my purpose then, and I felt like everything has has just fucking fallen apart and there's no coming back and I had wrote this uh, I wrote this script um, called The Black Wealth with Tiernan who's uh, my business partner Cluster Fox and one of my best friends and Tiernan's uh, an integrative psychotherapist a cognitive scientist, mm. and a psychologist and from Ballymun so my cunt <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so uh, he and a few other friends kind of intervened well more than fucking interview like really did intervene because he thought he thought I was going to kill myself and I was Contemplating it without a doubt Mm -hmm. and um, what happened was I latched on to directing this film and that gave me the purpose and it reminded me of what saved me because you forget sometimes you just forget you, you learn these big life lessons and you forget because life isn't like a fucking film where there's just this one moment ta-da and everything is different from that moment on it's bullshit you know what I mean like life is all these little incremental changes and then you forget and then you make mistakes and then you show your flawed character and then you have to deal with this and just because you deal with this trauma before doesn't mean it co- doesn't come back up and bite you mm. you know and stuff that you unre- that is unresolved always comes back to collect unresolved trauma comes back to collect so the film then became my purpose. And by hook or by crook, we found a fucking way to make the film. We got refused by everybody knowing what the fund is. It's about intergenerational clerical abuse and how we inherit drama. And I could identify so much with the subject matter and everything that was going on. So it became an obsession, an obsession that is still going on now. The film is finished and it's two more weeks left to do the sound. So that dragged me out of fucking hell. It dragged me out of the real. Now, <laughs> it was the hardest thing I ever done in my life to make that film like I was coming home like we were doing fucking 80 hour days coming home I'm smoked a million fags I'm drinking a million coffees I'm convinced tonight I'm taking a heart attack I'm definitely gonna <laughs> die tonight I'm not gonna make it tomorrow <laughs> there's all this going on it's yeah. fucking level 5 lockdown there's 10,000 cases a day we fucking had to shut down half a truck because of COVID they got rid of 20% of our budget we fuck all money anyway I'm not getting paid mm-hmm. and there's all this shit going on and you're going oh my god please kill me And then you're dealing with actors wanting to leave and going, I'm not taking this anymore, but it's not you, John, it's your crew and blah, all this. And then you have to beg and beg and beg not to leave me, film because you're going to fuck it and all this up. And it was a fucking terrorizing experience to go through. But coming through the other side of it now, it's not to give me that confidence again to kind of think I can do whatever the fuck I want. And who's to say, no one's controlling my destiny. You know what I mean? So back to that, because I, at one point in time, knew that and I lost touch of that. No one's controlling my destiny. No one is going to say what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. The same way I've always done it. Just do it with a fucking good heart and the right fucking intentions and fuck them all. Mm. You know, because I I got to a point where I stopped caring what people thought. And that, when you get dragged in, when your mental health gets bad, you start to worry more about that stuff. And you start to lose your self-esteem. And then everybody gangs in on you. And like, I've had like, people have bashed the shit out of me online. Like, I'm talking thousands of people. ...for numerous different things... ...sometimes fucking justified... ...sometimes not... ...but it fucking gets in on you... ...like when you... ...when you know there's so much fucking hate... ...out there for you... ...and you go... ...why the fuck did he hate me? And like... ...I've had a life where I've been hated... ...all my life... ...because I've been a traveller... ...and I tell you... ...even these political things... ...it feels the same that that feeling feels the same the way they hated me for being a traveler feels the same as why they hated me over this fucking tweet do you know what I mean so there's all the kind of that shit going on but now I've been reminded that the key is fucking focus on the creativity on the work and that's your purpose because you need the purpose if you don't have a purpose you're fucked in life yeah. you have purpose and meaning you need it purpose, meaning and passion you know you need one of them at least mm. at least
0: That or, that's or, always been the way with me as well with like what you were saying I like, can relate to so much About the self-sabotage Because uh, Maybe you'll, you'll know What I mean But That that feeling When you know You're going to Fuck everything up There's a tiny little Part of your inside It's like Yeah do it do it. it feels good it Like it's addictive It's like and, and I don't know Yeah that's That's always been What it is for me And uh, it's 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 like being able to control your own narrative in a fucked up way because I get the imposter syndrome. I don't feel like... Yeah. I feel like it's all going to come tumbling down. And yeah. I want to be the one to pull pull the fucking house down, you know, and totally. not someone else. And so it's, it's... so true. Yeah, yeah. And and I got like... Uh, I had this kind of thing where my entire life and like we have different lives, but I still... I had this thing all my life where I felt like I was misunderstood. Mm. You know, like I... And like again, like when I was a kid... I used to I used to not want to do any work You know And, and so I, I dumbed down my intelligence And so people Who were maybe More academic than me Would do well And they think I was thick And mm-hmm. But in my head I'd, I'd be going like Oh well
1: I'm not Like so you know So then you kind of Play into that, at that Yeah
0: day day. And then not, I felt like like when I had real opinions on things and stuff because mm. I'd be the class clown as well I felt like no one could take it seriously and it was my doing it's not like self pity yeah. it's just I always I always had that and I suppose maybe it is there was a bit of self pity with me where it's like it kept me it kept me from experiencing life it kept me from I could be talking to you here but
1: I'm not here like I'm mm. I'm somewhere else and I'm yeah. blocked off that goes back to that Jungian idea of the persona isn't it mm. it's the persona you create and yeah. you project onto the world and it's, it's all fake. Yeah. it's so hard to just be real. Because we're so afraid of judgment. We're so afraid of what people think about us. And the reality is when you actually break through that, you connect with people on a fucking deep level. And people gravitate towards you. Yeah. And you can just be actually real. They go, fuck, a real recognises real. That's a hip-hop saying. Yeah, it's yeah, through. it's true. Real recognises real. And also you, people get pulled into you when you're real. Because I know I've done things in my life we're going, I don't know how I got away with that or I don't know how i done that. And it was true of having passion and being real in the moment where people actually believe me. All right, okay, we can actually rally behind him. This can happen. And suddenly you're going, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, <laughs> and you're going back to the imposter syndrome. We're all imposters. Mm. All of us are imposters because if we're go- if we have finally done something we've never done, we've never done it before, therefore we're an imposter. We're not experienced in doing this. If we reach a new level of whatever it is, or success or however we define that, Sure, of course we're fucking imposters. We haven't People been, who aren't are terrifying. Yeah, aren't they? we like, haven't been like, operating <laughs> at... Well, they all are. That's the thing. <laughs> the, like, anybody who is really fully sure of themselves like that, they have a fucking ceiling. Mm. They're never going to break through that ceiling. You know, if they—that's like, that's naive. You know, I've met some people that I would regard really high in whatever profession, and like people I would look up to in a deep level, and they've told me straight up, I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm fucking terrified because again, you reach a certain level and you go, "Fuck, I was never here before." You know what I mean? And I get that the whole time—that imposter syndrome mm. shit. Shit, man. Yeah, me Like too. I've done speeches and for the ten thousand people, going, "What the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> you know, and you go, and it reminds me back to when I used to box. When I used to box, I used to walk. Into the ring and the whole way in the dressing room, actually, I used to be fucking terrified, terrified. And the lads in the club used to say I was cold as ice because I had no nerves. Yeah, it wasn't that I learned to show no nerves because I was bullied mm. and I was ashamed to show fear, but I was terrified. And he used to say to himself. Like what the fuck are you doing? Stop this shit, boxing shit. This is terrifying. Like it wasn't the fight; it was the lead up to the fight mm. and being embarrassed in front of people yeah. and being shown up. And you'd be the whole way in, and I'd be shaking and go, "Oh fuck, fuck, fuck! What if I lose? What if I lose?" And then you go and you throw the first punch, and then it's like, oh this You're is fucking it. great," you know. Yeah. But there was always that. I always had that feeling of I'm an impostor. I'm a, I'm a fraud. I'm never like people think I'm this, that, and the- I always get that. Every day I get that Like mm. when people Say certain stuff to me That might be even Complimentary I yeah. go What If only I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm a useless company, You know what yeah, I mean like, yeah. like genuinely And the difference Between that voice Being crippling And that voice being a whisper is my mental health at that mm. moment so if i'm fucking drinking a load and i'm gaining all the weight and i'm fucking smoking a million fags and whatever is happening that i'm not resolving that voice is shouting in my ear busting my fucking eardrums and i believe every fucking word mm. but if i'm if i'm doing well and i'm not doing all those things to excess uh that voice is just a whisper and sometimes it might not even be there you know yeah. what I mean, like, and it's like everybody fucking has that one. Like yeah. everybody. You know what I mean.
0: And you can have fun with it. That's what when I'm when I'm in a good headspace. You know I I actually Sounds to you I call it Jacques Which is uh, French For Jacques And, and yeah. Oh and it's actually Just Jack Because you don't it's Pronounce the i I've actually yeah. been Through this with someone Tony Kant I was on A few weeks ago He called me out He's like it's Jacques It's not Jacques yeah. But But uh, obviously I'm not very cultured yeah, no. But um yeah. Yeah like you know That negative self talk And all that Like yeah. I go oh, there's your cute there's your cute And I think Having a bit of fun with it Is my way of dealing with it For sure Because if I'm able To laugh at myself Like that I know I'm kind of In a good headspace. Yeah. Now I, I might still be Hearing voices in my head <laughs> Calling them different names yeah. But you know uh, Like it, I think that voice becomes me when I'm not in a good headspace. It yeah. just becomes my like Frankie. That's that's who I am. Yeah. And and that's and and like I'm actually I'm, to be honest with you, I'm delighted you came in today because. Yeah. I was You know Just having Having one of those days Or not Not really in a good headspace yeah, today. Yeah. And uh, you know Like lack of sleep And just yeah. You know when you're You're just sleeping Sleep will really. always do that Yeah Yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm, it's good to be able To just connect with someone Yeah
1: On like Even if it is mediated <laughs> Like it's But it's good <laughs> to even Just voice things And yeah. voice feelings And voice concerns mm. Because Day to day, we repress our fucking emotions so fucking much. Like in Ireland, we're absolute experts at repression. It's what we do. Like, yeah. we're it's our favorite fucking tool to go to. Like, <laughs> and then we deal with it through drinking, and then we'll have a laugh when we drink, and then we might even fucking hug each other. Mm. You know, and then we've like we've this modern fucking uh, country now, and we're all super liberal and all that, but we're not really we're not liberal in terms of how we express ourselves you know what I mean we're really not because we're just we're just one generation away from the super ultra conservative Catholic Ireland full of repression and fucking sexual abuse Mm. we're only just one generation away from that so we're still you know feeling the effects the intergenerational effect of that kind of thing it's why it hasn't yet our culture hasn't changed that way and we're we're now starting to talk about mental health like in kind of slogan terms. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like uh, Instagram quote mental yeah, health. Yeah, yeah. And like you see all these cunts fucking monetizing mental health like, and you're going, "You fucking rootless I'd love to get But love to get in on that. Yeah. I? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get any Of that mental health money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's mad, like it's mad. But just having these sort of conversations and talking about it and what you are going through, it feels fucking great. Because mm-hmm. the thing with depression, when you hold it as a secret, it fucking chokes the shit out of you. When you start talking about it It's like oh fuck It's not You know what I mean It's like Because you're in a dark fucking room And it's like shining the fucking light When you talk about it Or you talk to fucking anybody about it And no matter And you become a sort of Like I've become a bit of an advocate Or whatever you want to call for this shit And then I forget this shit And I go fucking hell I'm not even practicing what I'm preaching Mm -hmm. Such is the level of repression And how we're all Just fucking inclined to say nothing you know what I mean? Because it's just a fucking a part of the culture. You
0: yeah. know what I mean? And it's it's easier. And I've always found this. People always come to me for advice. You know, outside <laughs> the page. <Yeah. laughs> I, like, I don't give them that. But uh, I I've always been one to I'll, I'll give good advice or whatever. But I I don't take that advice yeah. always myself. Yeah. And then and that feeds into it. Like doesn't it? Like it does. the the imposter syndrome. You're like fucking Without hell. That. You're you're doing all this stuff. You're telling people, and and people are benefiting from it yeah. and stuff. And then it's like. It's so on some level you don't feel like it applies to you as much or or sometimes like when I'm not feeling good it's like I don't really deserve it or there's yeah. all that sort of shit as well
1: without a doubt man but we we all do it it's all about faking it till you make it and mm. we're all just going to fake it till we die basically mm. and you know <laughs> it's so fucking really, re- really the only thing we can do is like literally get so it's who said it fucking was some fucking irish shitty writer anyway but um
0: <laughs> we won't name uh, him uh, but uh,
1: <laughs> yeah but he, basically it's about getting bu- just getting busy so busy that you don't know if you're happy or sad that's
0: um, you know what I mean not Beckett. it's not a shitty writer it's yeah, actually yeah. a great writer yeah. Yeah.
1: I think he was a but something would I, be I, I can also I can see his fucking name but I can't fucking yeah. say it it's a double um,
0: barrel it um, is
1: it is yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but actually he he was one of those writers that said very controversial stuff around race oh. Aryan kind of shit or whatever oh I didn't um, know that <laughs> a man of his time yeah a man uh, of his time <laughs> a man of his time. Yeah, we'll but, uh, say that <laughs> uh, but yeah who's to say is people who have bad beliefs can't say something uh Let's not even actually get into that. the again <laughs> for fuck's sake! But I've <laughs> been cancelled so many fucking times that i be fucking out. <laughs>
0: Forget you in the book of Guinness World Records. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Cancelled ten times. But,
0: and that's the other thing as well. Like you were saying, like when when you went to, you know, you you had whatever whatever was going on with you, and in your head you thought you were getting cancelled. But then you know it's like, and in your head, then your life is over. But it's you know, it's
1: business as usual. Is it like it's, you're back to kind of... Well, look, I was already still recovering from a cancellation the year before. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's, it's... Look, I can't... Look, I couldn't even get an agent in Ireland mm. while that at that time I talked about the Iftis, And, like, you're talking about, there were some actors on, say, some of the top agencies' books that had maybe one or two credits in a film, right? Where they had a one line or something, Right. And there I was with like 20-something films and lead roles and writing and directing. And I couldn't get even a, a a mediocre agent, right? So there was that going on. And then political decisions and, you know, things that I was voicing and all this shit. It didn't help me either. Do you know what I mean? So I had to find another way because as an actor, you're waiting on um, someone else to give a yes. So in other words, that's what I identified. In other words... People are controlling my destiny. So I actually can't control my destiny. So when I heard that and I've been always been a very independent person and I suppose think I think outside the box and it's always been the way I ha- the way I am. I thought, well, how do I get around this? Like how do I fucking control my fucking own destiny? And um from meeting Tiernan um, and working with Tiernan think we worked together for years. I worked as a support worker on this kind of rehabilitation program that he managed and I probably should have been a fucking client in the program <laughs> but anyway I was failing within a minute so then we decided to, to uh, create a production company together and so I don't listen I I can't even get audition I, no one asked me to even audition for shit you know and at this point I have about fucking 50 credits on IMDB and I'm only 32 years of age mm. that's a lot uh, but it, a lot of it's the stuff that I made myself you know what I mean so it's it's uh, You just You can't even I can't even get into that anymore Of like fucked You know I just start getting bitter You yeah. know what I mean And bitter is a terrible place to be You know what I mean So I just it's get the opposite fucking, of creativity It really is it? So I'm just going Fucking what's next What can I do When I'm fucking Constant ideas And in the last couple of years I'm getting better at actually Getting more conscientious And really fucking following through With a lot of the ideas Because You know creative Creatives are like that But you, There's so many fucking There's so many fucking Uh Poor fucking creatives and, and people are absolutely and creatives that are absolutely fucking broke and the difference is con- they're not conscientious enough you know what I mean so you have to like the difference between an entrepreneur and an artist is just that the entrepreneur is a bit more conscientious that's the same creative mind you know mm. so that's what I've been trying to do work on that side of myself and again I have been busy but not busy for me enough but I'm getting to where I want to get to you know yeah. and I'm just trying to switch it up between doing teeter and um, uh writing theater directing acting on stage on screen i just want to switch it all up and just again fucking stay busy man that's that's what it's all about and just don't take no for answers off people and find your own fucking way because life is too fucking short anyway and when you realize that your biggest fucking enemy is yourself well, at least you know who you're fighting then you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean yeah. and then you know what tactics to use <laughs> yeah, start yeah. telling yourself you're great what's wrong with you you're great <laughs> yeah. you know so that's stop it. crying you're great <laughs> yeah because like no one has got in the way of me and my success more than me and my mm. success no one like I had big opportunities and big things offered it to me in the past and I found a way to not do them and I found a, 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 you know a good excuses and um Excuses that made me look like I was I had a high sense of morality. And like <laughs> really it was just I was terrified. Mm. And I was terrified of fucking failing and I was terrified of success and I was gonna sabotage one way or another. Because there's no one like yourself that's gonna beat you up. Like no one will like you know where to hit yourself. You know how to beat the shit out of yourself better than anybody, you know how to instill guilt in yourself, you know how to instill shame in yourself, doubt in yourself better than anybody. You know, and at, w- at one point in time and all that stuff was happening then, I became sort of numb to it all near the end stage. But that's when I kind of got it scared because then I was going, like, you think you can beat me up? Watch me beat me up. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's when I was going on the suicidal fucking road. Uh, but luckily, you know, one of my best friends is a fucking psychotherapist, which, mm. yeah, you which were, uh, you surely were right. isn't a coincidence. Either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, man, like we're, it's just a struggle and it's just about uh, consistency now because... You have those open open times of creativity and, and all that. But you have to understand when you don't have those moments of magic, kind of how do you stay conscientious and busy and still, you know what I mean? And just grind, yeah. grind, grind. That's what I'm... And, and I'm saying this now to, to reaffirm it, mm. you know what I mean? To put it out there myself and to put pressure on yourself as well, which you need sometimes as well, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and, and I was uh, always the exact same. I still am with... Uh, You know It's only the last couple of years That I've realised I I was never able to verbalise it But If I'm not creative Even now Like I try to write something every day But uh, some days you'd miss it Or whatever But like If I'm If I'm having a day to myself i'm sitting on my bed watching netflix i can't relax at all yeah. like i i have to be creative that's where i get like you were talking about your freedom and that's that's where you get you're able to express yourself and that's where you know i just feel you talked about as well the imaginary just going into that i had been creative all my life before i ever started writing but it was always going into my imagination i remember when i was uh 10 years old i used to i used to play guitar and um we had a little Christmas party And uh, I, I, I remember they had a raffle And I won a Def Leppard CD And I used to put it on uh, we had a, My dad had a Walkman I used to put it on and, and put the headphones and That makes me sound really old But uh, <laughs> I, I'd put it on and uh, I'd pretend I'd close my eyes and I'd pretend I was up there In the band Or I'd pretend I was, you know In the the main character, the movie star, whatever I'd always escape And, it, you know, I didn't... It, it wasn't like a really bad childhood at all It was a mm. good childhood But I just didn't I wanted to be somewhere else mm. and, and I just I don't know what it was But it was like that that feeling of Wanting to be somewhere And and if you look at it like sociologically That's probably why You know Holidays are so high up in the list It's like we want to be somewhere else We always want to travel We don't want to be where we are And whether that's imaginary Or like you know Imaginary Aer Lingus Or just Aer Lingus <laughs> You know it doesn't matter <laughs> <But>
1: <laughs> Yeah I'm starting to formulate an idea of you <laughs> know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but a lot of it's making sense but you're yeah. very aware of it you're yeah. not very aware like that thing of playing down and playing a bit playing a bit dumb but you're actually really bright but you said it to me already but mm. I can see I can see how you've <laughs> angolised that yeah. as well like yeah. yeah but I'd be very similar in ways too like I find myself even recently I was watching fucking Netflix whatever garbage thing I was watching but I literally couldn't fucking concentrate on the thing because I'm getting ideas for shit. And I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, and I get this like obsessive OCD thing in me, i going, jot it down now, you're going to lose it. And I'm like, fuck, yeah.
0: pause and this. Even that thought will yeah. make you lose oh, it. Oh, and it will, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Pause this and write this shit down. Yeah. And then you go back at the notes and you go, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> it's just one word, cunt. But yeah. apparently, apparently, it was profound. Yeah. It was about some cunt that you were gonna go after in some creative way. You know what I mean? And you're going like, honestly, and 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 I can't even read me own writing. Like I have, like I'm, I'm like, I'm not messing with you, right? Like I have the worst handwriting. Like it's like a three-year-old. Like I tell you how bad it is. The other day, I was writing with my nephew, who's nine, and he, his writing was like fucking Winston Churchill's writing in comparison <laughs> yeah. to mine he looked at my writing and started laughing oh, and I, so and I and it was, all, I did great academically but yeah. for some reason I had the word I'm just an idiot with, and I, it's so bad that I can't even read my own writing and I go back you what the fuck no I'm right oh yeah yeah I'm fucking left. Yeah. Left for <laughs> <being> <laughs> no excuse whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah fucking uh, yeah so you're going back at notes you're going what the fuck does that mean you know or you know when you have a dream sometimes I I, Like I get plagued By these fucking dreams That are creative ideas And then I wake Mm. up And I try to jot them down But the next morning It doesn't make sense You forgot the fucking dream And it's just two words You use to fucking describe (laughs) Whatever the fucking idea was But it explained the cosmos At the
0: time It was like it explained everything Or
1: doing a drunk I've done that drunk man Like (laughs) 12 Guinness and me Oh that's a fucking great idea Yeah (laughs) And it's like one sentence Of what the fuck Does that mean (laughs) You know what I mean Like but yeah In that moment You think you're fucking Einstein Like
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah and I think uh,
0: Like if there, And thank God Like it's even worse If you record yourself Doing it yeah. and, and you're like Because then it actually Makes somehow less sense yeah. <laughs> I yeah.
1: actually did, did that man.
0: One Shows night the- One night I fucking
1: I think Oh my God Pretentious cunt <laughs> I, I was mildly drunk Walking back from me Maids to Darndale From Donamy to Darndale yeah. And I had this moment Of a I did a poem and I fucking recorded this poem when I was walking and I forgot about it, about a year later, I listened to it and I went, oh my God, the skin was falling <laughs> off my face, cringing, you fucking idiot, <laughs> you know? But I actually remember one night, just going to a random talk that means nothing Her, but um, I, I was in the pub one night in the Rainy Inn and uh, this actor came up to me, and um, Brendan Conroy's his name, a great Irish actor, Brilliant Irish actor, and his daughter Nelly Conroy, I uh, played my sister in Love Hate, and she's a great actor, and she was in uh, the General and that. Mm. And again, her brother would would have played Taytot in um, Into the West, right? Now Brendan Conroy, like this man got this man before got shot, uh, he got shot by an accident in a in a, sh- in a rehearsal. For the play oh and then still geez. went on the stage I think it was that night or the next <laughs> oh night like, so oh this is there's a lady is like mm. but he's like he's like a philosopher you know and I was chatting away at the man he just he's like he's you can kind of see his words coming out of his mouth it's like beautiful Shakespearean dialogue you know and he came up to me and uh, he said something that I was about 15 Guinness in and about 5 whiskeys and I can still remember it so it was profound genuinely <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, zero yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I let you be the judge but yeah. he said we were talking about stuff and we are just talking about levels and he was talking to, he says John remember you must resist the intoxic- intoxicating aroma of mediocrity <laughs> <laughs> resist, resist, resist. And I was like, I think a tear went down my cheek. Yeah, that's which, real Oscar Wilde. But it really did like, thing, and yeah. I was like, because I, rem- I know, because I've I've chosen mediocrity at times, and going, happy, because I'll get it out of the way. It'll get it out of the way, and this'll do. Mm. You know what I mean? And going, yeah, me, and afraid to try and be better. You know what I mean? And it was like, that's something that fucking, it always stayed When it was about five years ago, and I was really yeah. drunk. I can still remember that.
0: Isn't it funny how people can like, uh, you know they'll say something, and they're not even they're not trying to be mm, profound. Yeah. But it'll just resonate because yeah. you know you know I could tell you the truth, and you'd know it without ever hearing it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. because people resonate with the truth, like it's you were saying, real, you know, real recognises real. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm Tupac and you're yeah. Biggie. <laughs> yeah. but I, I love that. Yeah. Biggie's actually, my I favorite. You want to be Biggie, actually? Biggie's my favorite. No, no,
1: no Biggie. <laughs> I always have this Tupac, and it's weird. Tupac and Biggie but it's weird because I'd be a person that would be very politically inclined, and I like you know, that kind of social significance kind of stuff and social narratives. Mm. So Tupac would be like that. Mm.
0: Biggie wasn't. He's more of a
1: sociologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I but actually prefer Biggie, Yeah, you know, because he's fucking... First of all, he has this voice, you know, that I, I think he was... I think a bit of that Jamaican lilt came through from mm. his mother as well to give him a little bit of an edge. But he had that brilliant deep voice. And um, then his flow, it was so fucking effortless, mm. you know, because he's... I forget about even his lyrics because again he wouldn't hold up to Tupac in terms of the important lyrics let's say quote on you know important shit but it was like poetry, hmm. like the way he rapped, his flow was like poetry. I think oh, he I was more him. of a
0: wordsmith, definitely. Yeah. Than t- yeah. like he Tupac was talking about more. We're, we're so qualified now to be talking about this, <laughs> but uh, like t- Tupac was definitely more. Uh, he spoke about more important things, I think. Yeah, yeah. but at uh, the way that the message was conveyed, yeah. was Biggie. I think. Have you ever great. heard
1: Biggie Let's Ride with Bone Thugs Harmony? No, 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 haven't. Man, heard that. listen, that tune, I heard that tune when I was like 16. ...in Darndale. Getting... Doing a... Hmm getting involved in some <laughs> stuff that I probably shouldn't have involved yeah, in yeah. but anyway when I heard that fucking song and this, this is probably feeding into a right wing American conservative Republican trope about rap but I felt like yeah let's do some gangster shit when I hear that yeah, song yeah. like oh my god it spoke to me yeah. and my 16 year old Darndale Hart at the time yeah. but fuck me man like that song got me roiled up and still to this day like I hear yeah. that song but we'll put it on <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, it, but it's brilliant the music can do that to you as well and just be I fucking love Biggie he's, he's my favourite rapper of all yeah. time. Like yeah. I love him. Yeah. Have you have you listened to any Irish rap or anything? Oh, I love Irish yeah. rap. I love Irish hip-hop yeah. for years. Like I'm I've been listening to it. Back back to Going back to Redzer, like yeah. fifteen oh, Redzer, years yeah. ago, I, I would have been listening Rero, to them. Then, yeah. Them. yeah, yeah, Rero yeah, as yeah. well. So I would have been listening to them and, and would have had a very open mind towards them. And I think I think then it got it got better and better and better to what it is now. Working is class some, records, working my favorite with, with Dean Scurry and, yeah. and and Costello and Lethal Dialect, who's a good friend of mine. He was, yeah, who's a genius. Like yeah, and then you have God Creative, who was Teddy. He's another like they're versatile. Yeah. Like there's so many great hip hop heads now. Like there's so many to to list. And they're brilliant And I actually think Like pound for pound The Irish hip hop artists Are To be on. Like they blow American rappers away In lyric On lyrics I'm talking about the American mainstream What's presented mm. in the mainstream Which is let's Let's face it anyway Garbage Yeah Bitches and hoes And sipping this and sipping yeah, that yeah. Like, Fuck off You know what I mean yeah. But there are people In the underground In the American scene That are fucking amazing You know like Immortal Technique And mm. people like that Love him And then Akala I love in England You know Akala no. oh, Akala I saw You saw you, I know. you know Akala Shane is uh, like a genius I saw him in the Sugar Club He's like um, He's like an English 2-pack But fucking Even more political And fucking I don't know man Even better in a weird way Yeah. You know what I mean I saw him live And he raps about colonialism And he puts a bit of humour into it too But just so fucking smart Like he's like He's like fucking Malcolm X As a rapper Yeah basically. That's what he's like So he's unbelievable So yeah but the Irish rap scene, man, I think it's fucking amazing. And if you look at Versatile now doing the Tree Arena and all that, like who would have thought a fucking Irish hip hop group or an Irish rapper would be would be selling out ten thousand tickets and all like but that's it but Do you remember that documentary there was made on I think it was RT Or TV3 did about them Years ago About, about The Irish rap scene No the Irish rap scene Yeah And it was a complete fucking like, they taking they're the piss out of Patronizing and taking the piss like, yeah. And it was a joke like Yeah And it went from that To fucking versatile selling out And all these other rappers Now all doing well And selling Yeah like, And it's become a part It's a, becoming a culture now
0: and, and you know what was funny About it as well Like uh, There's been loads of Like you said Amazing rappers Like G.I Actually G.I Is probably one of my favourites Yeah he's brilliant But uh, G.I Lethal Dialect Costello Loads of people But like uh, I think uh, What what, kind of captured Everyone's attention About Versatile Was they started out Kind of satirical Yeah And people were like That's gas And so they didn't have to Face their own identity. Yeah. Irish identity yeah. in music. I think they're still satirical. Yeah, well they would be, but I think they're probably I, I I guess they were they were probably more they knew they knew it was a joke at the start yeah, and, yeah. and and they st- and like they probably Trade it more seriously now Would you yeah. say
1: A little bit it, yeah, has, yeah. it has a little But it's funny because Where it was like, more
0: comedy At the very start
1: Yeah Yeah like I, I seen Like some people were getting Jesus Christ With some versatile lyrics I think there was a, There was something about uh, Stabbing hipsters or something Yeah yeah And I'm like This is the funniest shit ever Like <laughs> No one's actually Fucking serious here About stabbing fucking. But yeah. they're, what they're getting to Is I that actually Hipsters are hipster, fucking annoying Yeah
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah You yeah, legend yeah, yeah. yeah I stole their fixies <laughs>
1: <laughs> But I mean (laughs) that in itself is funny because so many people get annoyed by hipsters you know like uh, the hipsters never bothered me until I went to New York and I went to Brooklyn (laughs) and I thought that I was going to see fucking you know mafioso fucking Brooklyn growing up in the, and then you just see a load of fucking hipsters and mm. fucking leather shoes and fucking and no socks on them and you're going these fucking <laughs> cunts and then they said actually there's loads of these cunts in Dublin but yeah. anyway there was a sentiment there to not like hipsters for whatever reason so they go fucking full satirical on it and go the whole way out in the ledge which is let's stab fucking hipsters <laughs> like it's, oh, it's funny shit like but but well not for everybody but anyway I remember that was the not start not for hipsters not for hipsters <laughs> definitely not but like how could you see that you know this kind of um literal take on and sat- on satire and comedy I think it's ridiculous like mm. you, you know taken or you know like a comedian fucking tells a joke and then it gets printed as 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 a fucking statement it's a fucking joke yeah. it's in the context of a joke and the target and the punchline of a joke sometimes is different you know but I mean we could go on forever about the PC culture stuff and the PC but right it is what it is and, like, and I think uh, I think
0: that that stuff kind of People It bleeds into Like reality But I think it really more exists Online Like I don't really know people And like I'm in college Where yeah. you know Like but uh, And I'd be like I'd be a lefty myself yeah. Obviously and stuff like that But like um I think I think it's I've never I've I've gotten a little bit of backlash online <laughs> Not over Like cause Just the stupid shit that I say And like uh, so People get offended But like I've never had anyone come up to me And go I took offence to what you said In say Like the Darndale video Or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I've never had that But like That uh, was hilarious I oh, love that Oh nice that. one Thank that. you that, that yeah. was the first one
1: I'd seen Was it yeah I was going This is a funny content <laughs> yeah. Then I just start scrolling through All your videos and Yeah yeah And just the, your, your, your your This kind of monotone delivery Man I just It's so funny Monotone so, I'm joking Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying <laughs> <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing It's working for you I was trying really hard To not <laughs> be on it <honest. laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah It's all part it's all part of the delivery
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah It's all about delivery <laughs> But no. um Yeah like it's uh it's funny Like that green screen I got was the biggest uh, The best thing I've ever bought yeah, It was only yeah. 20
1: quid <laughs> and, and the shit you can do with it It reminds mine. you Of matches Mattress make videos Yeah you know, the I, green mean, I had Mattress
0: that. Mick yeah. on last week Oh yeah or the yeah. other week could Yeah you? yeah ah, he's Really a, he's... really intelligent guy oh, he is yeah,
1: yeah. Oh his business is fucking booming as Yeah I like. I Always like Yeah and I know man yeah. uh, like I could, I could see
0: him Like if you were doing A marketing degree Just watch videos Of Mattress Mick Yeah Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. how you do it
1: Oh he's a legend Going back to what you we're just saying about the offense thing and all this like a lot of this come in with back what you were saying the online stuff because it's the same as if even if you're bullying someone online or you're giving someone shit online you're doing it without consequence you know what I mean and, and you don't stand in front of the person and do it and you don't have to feel that it's just a bleh it's just like you're fucking shitting on somebody It doesn't matter It's Who cares They're not in yeah. the room with them There's no consequence I don't feel bad about it I'm just Sending a little thing through With a little click And whoever Who cares And that's why it's all online now. Yeah. Sure, There's listen, no
0: wall The wall up there Kind of yeah, blocks the empathy. Sure our world
1: is online now anyway if we're living on the fucking online world, mm. you know. You know, twenty years time, we no one's going to be leaving their house. It's just going to be all fucking living on the metaverse. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
0: you know what I mean. Because people get yeah. their
1: whole fucking people get their whole fucking uh, their whole um, persona now and self like self esteem through the, through the online world. Mm. Like people, you, do you ever meet people fucking in real life that you seen on Instagram? And first of all, you go. That's not their face Yeah That I've seen Yeah Whose fucking face Probably is that? You're not thinking that now eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You look better in real life. Oh thank you <laughs> um, And then you go Oh wow the, the, Online these seem like A real extrovert Outgoing person Yeah And they're looking like A fucking victim here Not yeah. even able to They're sp- just fucking, empty shells yeah, yeah And you're going What the fuck So they create Like imagine Imagine those psychological greats You know like Jung Or like Fried Or like Han Or Nietzsche or, or any of those seeing this experiment unfold like this is crazy and unprecedented and we actually don't know the ramifications of this we do know early early studies have shown fucking anxiety has has went through the roof Since the introduction Of social media And all that We know that But in years to come like, And how it's affecting Your dopamine And chemistry levels And all that stuff But I mean We're really not going to notice for another 20 years or so yeah. And it's crazy And uh, Tiernan My friend Tiernan's Is actually predicting It's going to f- It's going to bring people Back to analogue Going back to more traditions And back, think it'll to go back to nature And that? experience Well the pendulum swings Doesn't it mm-hmm. All the time Politically yeah. Culturally Back yeah. and for Throughout history It's always happened yeah. uh, So I'm hoping for sure because it's much better sitting here with you now and Shane and having this conversation, you know, than fucking texting each other or doing whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. That is like even do you ever see the fucking I've often got myself in like little bits of arguments with friends or acquaintances to text them because we don't even know how what we're saying, the tone. We <laughs> yeah. interpret it. to be a button for Yeah, it. we interpret it how we want to interpret it. So that's why even now I do voice notes most of the time with people. So at least they get to hear me tone. Mm. Because if you're just being short, because I'm a shit text. I don't text. Yeah. I'm not that way. I'd rather do a voice note because I'm lazy. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm <laughs> not, not going to take 10 minutes to perfectly articulate. You just inflict like, it on someone else. Yeah, they yeah. have to if listen If you to want it a f- you can do a voice <laughs> note back or you yeah. can write me, do whatever the fuck you yeah, want. Yeah. But, but there's that, you know, there's that lack of... Um, connection like you know what i mean so oh, fuck, i fuck it i sure hope we go back to that you know mm. i definitely do yeah. i think there's like the next generation like like you know see, i remember me nephew coming up to me and it was like he, he was asking me for uh the wi-fi code and i said the wi-fi <laughs> code i said go out there and play football for yourself you know what <laughs> i mean i just remember back to my own childhood he's looking for a fucking wi-fi code yeah. and it's all it's not it's all them they're all doing that and i don't blame the parents because the parents are getting a bit of peace so here's the thing that can give you a bit of peace for a couple of hours. Of course you're gonna do it because rearing children is fucking hard. Mm. You know what I mean? But then all of a sudden they get addicted and they get addicted to the dopamine hits, they get addicted to the personality online or whatever it is they're doing from a young age, the kids and TikTok and all this stuff. Like it's
0: Yeah, and there's support groups for that. Like there's like twelve step groups now. There's rehabilitation centres yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah there yeah. is, yeah. And it's a real thing, like and it's a real thing. It's yeah. it's the same it's the same kind of It's like a hamster on a wheel It's like you know Getting your feet of dopamine And and I That's why I need to be careful With social media Because that's where That's my work like Yeah So I have to differentiate Between what's my work And what's just you know not yeah, work And yeah. because I'm I didn't know until I started this I'm actually a workaholic Before yeah. that I was just a lazy cunt <laughs> 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 So it, It's, it's I, I, Again it goes back to like When I'm interested in something I'll yeah, do it until yeah, the wheels yeah, fall yeah, off yeah, yeah. You
1: know but um, But that's a good thing man Because you're yeah. finding your passion anywhere Yeah That's a great well,
0: thing And I, I, I know sometimes I'm not I compare myself not in a negative way. I I do it from like like feeling grateful that like there's so many people my age who don't they, you know they maybe went to my school or friends of mine and they're in a job and they're not really sure if it's what they want to do, but it's what society. Is showing them that You know It's like okay Well I got this amount of points So I'll mm. do this course yeah. That's what my parents want And I was I was so lucky as well With my parents I uh, come from a creative family Yeah um, And I, I was trying to think Of a joke there Not very creative <laughs> Of me But uh, I uh, I remember like Like uh, like so, well, so they like, created my, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was their finest work man. of art. But uh, like so, my my mom was like uh, in media, and then and then my dad plays the piano, uh, a musician, and we're all musical in the family. and uh, We're the Brady bunch, actually. Uh, and uh, so I'm just saying that
1: split screen, you know, the family all day. Yeah, yeah and you just
0: see me like uh, with like a stock photo of the family, just like wearing a rainbow poster. coloured jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, my family haven't spoke to me in three years. Yeah. You look <laughs> but um, like I always found that uh, I was always encouraged to do do creative things and do whatever. I wasn't pressured into going. You have to do this or you have to do that. You know, and I think that that's where. Like, if you want to talk about, like, privilege or whatever, that was I was privileged in that way. Yeah. You know, because there's so many people who are way more talented than I am and they didn't have that upbringing. So how many voices are we not hearing yeah. of people like that? Yeah, whatever. You know, so I, I try to acknowledge that as well and not be such a miserable fucker, you
1: know. Well, just having uh, open-minded parents, because mm. that's one of the most uh, kind of, ident- it's the most identifiable a trait in a person To be successful In the in the creative arts And who has open-mindedness mm. And people Generally great creatives Are very open So they're open to change All the time Open to mm. fucking change Their opinions or whatever So it's great Having parents like that And it's I, I'm privileged in a way as well There, You could go look Economically No I wasn't privileged uh, Lost my father through suicide Which is probably no doubt Why I'm a creative now When you lose somebody young Especially someone through mm. suicide It leaves a mark on you that it presents the biggest problem And, and essentially creativity is problem solving so in that way but also because I just such a great family you know I remember um, uh, some journalist said to me oh John it's great to have you here and you you know you <laughs> came from nothing and you, you're, you're making it here and I says no no let me correct you there I didn't yeah. come from nothing I came from everything but money mm. I didn't come from money but everything else support great family structure uh, confidence confidence me family instilling confidence and self-belief in me that i could do anything and go for anything i got all of that so mm. i'm super fucking privileged now i didn't have a fucking pot to piss in but i didn't know who fucking knew no one around me had a pot to piss in mm. so you know what I mean? and that's and that shit makes you you know what i mean yeah. so i'm privileged in that sense as well like because yeah. you could be born into fucking a load of money and not have that and where are you going to go where are you going to go in life you know what I mean if you're going to have parents that tell you this what this that and the other I mean there was a actually there was a great um, psychotherapist like he was an icon, I forget his name but he believed that he could mold he could mold anybody from birth to be successful so Skinner. he used his kids as an experiment mm. did you see that yeah yeah BF Skinner I think it was yeah, yeah. and, and he's, all his, his two or three kids uh, he had and they all killed themselves all killed themselves his three kids Mm -hmm. killed themselves he used them as an experiment and 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 had them strive constantly for success and to put them down and they were all educated and they got the whatever he was a fucking millionaire they went to whatever college he wanted them to go Mm -hmm. to essentially and all his kids killed themselves so there you go and he was he was actually the creator uh, of 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 advertisement essentially in the 50s he was the man what happened was after that he went over to the dark side and said I'm just going to use this psychology for whatever making money Mm. because his soul was gone after his kids killed himself so that'll tell you money money uh, like money is fucking nothing if you have parents like that Yeah You know what I mean So, and,
0: and sorry When you when you said about The advertising there I don't know if that was skin- Was that your man Bertrand Russell That yeah, no, it, uh,
1: no He had no, no, something to do That's with the English dude Yeah yeah No no This is an American I'm sure yeah. Bertrand
0: Russell Was an yeah. evil fucking bastard anyway. Was he yeah 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 Tell yeah. me Tell me about Yeah I well, we actually Don't even know enough To go into it Because okay. I'll end up Fucking butchering it I just remember <laughs> yeah. When I'm I was a kid a, Watching yeah. a video And yeah. I was stoned And I don't remember <laughs> it. But I just remember It was in black and white And he just he talk like that And I was uh, like hello. Oh God, he This speaks is like, like Darth this. Vader Yeah part. yeah no, He's real And it's okay Real, real old to gentry call him English out. type yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 But it's okay to call him out Because uh he's dead So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's true around, like, he's It's dead true You can't be cancelled yeah, yeah. Maybe his family estate Might get on you yeah, You yeah. probably listen to this podcast that, like. Yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah But uh, I wanted to ask you something before you go Because yeah. we, we could talk here yeah, Absolutely on the, um, I'll come
1: back again Another day Yeah anyways. please yeah. do yeah. We'll do it again in the Yeah
0: future. yeah definitely And uh, I wanted to ask you About uh, a little birdie Tell me you had a great story About your
1: auntie Nan And, and Guinness Oh yes so, <laughs> No it's me me great grandmother Okay Okay So this is actually In a film that I wrote And it's in a, a I'm using it in an upcoming film And a uh, one man show That I'm writing Um, So my great grandmother Nan McCann uh, she was a mad woman and uh, her husband John Donahue, um was coming out of a, a meeting in 1952 in West Belfast and he, he got his bike and he was going down the road on his bike and he was pulled up by the RUC and the RUC arrested him mm. and he might have kind of had Republican connections or whatever so I hear so anyway he got kicked to death in that cell and uh, a great trauma was put about the family you know and the next day, the B-specials went to the campsite and ran her and her kids and all the rest of the family off the road. And so they couldn't charge. So there was no justice. This is 1952. They were traveler Catholics, you know, in in the north. So they went on the road traveling around Ireland, as she did. And Nan was a very, very strong, kind of strong-minded person. She she ended up in bare-knuckle fights with men and them <laughs> she legitimately like talk about a feminist like yeah, uh, this is a real fucking feminist that can paint this shite out of you and uh, she was tough as nails like yeah. and um she reared her children to be staunch Republicans and um in 1981 even uh, when Bobby Sands died she burned her trailer to the ground and all her belongings and walked around the site for a week in Belfast with a shawl on her uh, so that's the kind of woman she was you know and uh, I have loads of great memories of her um and she was just so funny. Didn't give a shit what she said, you know. Mm. She was that type of woman. But uh, I remember actually, my grandfather, uh, my grandfather, who would be her son-in-law, Paddy, who I talked about, it was like my father. Mm. Um, she she said to him one day, and she was in a wheelchair, and she says, "Paddy, Paddy, Paddy, can I tell you something, son?" And he went, "What is it, man? You know when you die, son that St Peter's gonna open up the golden gates and let you straight into heaven for the torture my daughter's put you through for the last 40 years <laughs> she was always giving <laughs> yeah. shit to my Grandma Chrissy you know but it was funny I mean Chrissy was. was like right now come on you have to go back to the home okay? <laughs> but, um, but anyway when she was dying um, and I, I've said this actually a few times uh, people who work in hospitals hate travellers right and it's justified totally right because if you go to the hospital As a traveller right And it's anyway Kind of serious Like even It just falls an overnight stay or whatever the fuck it is Every traveller you've ever met Is going to visit you <laughs> yeah. and, they're, and they're not going to they're not taking no for an answer yeah. Like you barely met, You've just you know you You know <laughs> I So and then, hate that. Yeah so And there's like So there'd be like The whole room would be full And then there's like 200 people outside In the car park too Like Everybody's coming Because it's a matter of Showing respect <laughs> yeah. And it's a nice thing in theory But yeah. it's fucking really annoying You know what I mean <laughs> And everybody's out smoking And whatever and then again people in hospitals hate travellers because of this so when she was dying everybody she's ever met is trying to cram <laughs> into this fucking hospital and you can imagine that's a lot of people she's fucking 80 80 yeah. years of age right so the great grandchildren are put to the front and even great great and we're there and uh, she's she's dying and she got her last rights read to her by the priest and the doctor's there and my uncle who's ironically named brother <laughs> said uh, to the doctor because we all have nicknames uh, said to the doctor Look doctor Do you mind if we're going to Get her a few Guinness She hasn't had a few Guinness In a few years Like you know She could be down with her health And mm. the doctor said Look Michael It was his mm. real name Didn't call him brother obviously He said If she's still alive By the time you come back For the off license go Sure go ahead Try Why not So he went to the off license Came back with six Guinness A pint glass Walks in and he goes, Granny, Granny, do you want a Guinness? Do you want a Guinness? And you know, Chrissy, my grandmother, her daughter steps in. I'll lay lunch, you know, Guinness. She's dying, blah blah blah. You know, really conservative <laughs> Chrissy. You know what I mean? And she didn't want her drinking the shame of it. <laughs> all this, you know, all this like, stupid <laughs> stuff you'd be thinking about. But uh, he's gonna have you go out of that now. Let me give me old Granny a Guinness. So somehow he manages to get through to her, and and he gets an indication through an eyelid wink to try and give this Guinness. So he feels it, well, obviously a two pint pour. Get the, <laughs> gets the old head on it <laughs> Arthur's finest and he puts it to her lips and she takes a little sip and it's like "Wow, well, okay a little sip and a little sip and obviously what happens is when people are dying and I witnessed this with my grandfather they always get a, la- a last a lease of life mm. you know where you think they're about to die and you go yeah. oh they're back and you actually think they're back it happened with my grandfather you know so anyway she did a little sip little sip little sip and eventually she drank this pint again so he cracks open another can Pours another pint And Chris is going What are do you doing with that? So you have to drink one That's enough And he's going I'm going to ask her If she wants another one So anyway Because in Granny Do you want another one? And another kind of indication So he puts it to her lips So she'll receive it And she received it And it was another pint And she drank another pint <laughs> yes. And you're going Jesus this is a nice Last lease of life At least she's enjoying Some of the creamy stuff That she always loved and <laughs> she's been deprived of In the last few years yeah. So this is great For her Obviously <laughs> Loads of iron in that Guinness as well So Another Guinness he opens up, and Granny's want another one. And, it's, and she's like, eh, 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 and she's trying to say something, so he puts a Guinness to her mouth. Okay, she takes that, and slowly but surely, she drinks a third Guinness. Now he's starting to look around, and people are starting to look at him, and they're going, What the fuck <laughs> is going on here? Uh, granny, do you want a fourth Guinness? <laughs> yes, son. And the whole crowd of the people are just silent. The whole family. <laughs> he pours a fourth Guinness. pour, Puts it to her lips. She starts gulping the Fort <laughs> At speed. And we're going, what the fuck? And he's going, fuck this. I got six cans. I might as well ask her, granny. <laughs> Do you want a, f- a fifth Guinness? Yeah, I'd love that, son. Fifth Guinness. Think she drinks it in two sups. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here, Granny? I've an, I've another can here. Do you want it? Yeah. And does anybody have any old Rebel tapes? <laughs> <laughs> Love the Rebel music, right? So every man in the room Ran to the car park To grab the first Wolf Tones tape <laughs> Came back Someone stole a stereo From some nurse In the hospital <laughs> Put the stereo on Put the wolf tones out Come out you black and tans Give <laughs> her the Give her the sixth Guinness They got a rap And she eventually Started dancing <laughs> And she lived Six more years Yeah, She lived six more Fucking years <laughs> That's not a lie. I was there. You know, you hear these stories like fucking Waking Ned. I was fucking um, there. She lived till she was 86, which in, th- that, in settled years, that's like 200. <laughs> you know what I mean? She lived to fucking 86, and that shows you the fucking power of the human mind. Yeah. She was deprived of the things she loved, which was a fucking Guinness. Yeah. And she started smoking and all in the room. Someone gave her a John Blair Blue. Yeah. And she literally had a Guinness and a John Blair Blue and was dancing to come out, you black and to come out and fight yeah. me. Like a man <laughs> at 80 years of age, and she looked about 150. Yeah, but she lived six more years. Fucking so, hell. whoever that's, told that's you to tell funny. that story, oh, and
0: by the way, it was Jared Walsh, you know, Jer, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. He told no. me, What's like, the crack with the story? He's like, Oh no, I'm not telling you, just yeah. let John yeah. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad he didn't tell yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. then I'd have to pretend I didn't hear it before. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever do it? <laughs> I've told that
1: story to so many people, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I have that in um, in my film, uh, so the film is called Minkir's Widden, which in our language means travelers talking. Mm so what I'm actually hoping to do is hopefully gets out there in, in the atmosphere but I'm hoping to get on to Guinness and go fucking give me money towards this film yeah. this is the greatest Guinness advertisement and once we <laughs> yeah. release the film we'll release the scene as its own scene you know, out there for the grid and you can go based on a true story. Yeah. And we can all vouch for it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's definitely. that's a true story, yeah. That's fucking Nan insane. McCann, God, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh Guinness it's the it's the it's the yeah, it's the I'm
0: actually raging now yeah. we couldn't go back in time and yeah. get her on as
1: well <laughs> <laughs> She's about what age is he now? The piss She's out about hundred and three <laughs> now or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's oh, the story there with fucking her fucking Nan McCann, yeah.
0: What, what a way to finish yeah, it Yeah Fucking hell Man thanks so much For no, coming brother. on Thanks already. for having me It's been me. great I've really enjoyed it you. Really yeah, enjoyed yeah. this Yeah, yeah. Always yeah. your favourite so far Wasn't I? Yeah absolutely <laughs> we're out, <without laughs> <help>, man <Yeah. laughs> I didn't uh, push you To say that at all uh, So we're just going to finish I do these uh, Piss take meditations At the end Yeah If you want to If you want to Um Listening. It's about a yeah. chicken fillet
1: roll Oh look I, My favourite What do you uh, have I, In your chicken fillet so roll So I would have Taco sauce I have yeah. no butter a Taco sauce Onions uh, Lettuce a Cheese And I always Always add bacon man Yeah But I'm not getting the roll And it's as crunchy If it's soft No yeah. man I can't Yeah you don't like, like the brioche But yeah No no Jesus yeah. no no, That's, yeah. that's a crime against humanity <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crunchy the, uh, And then the bacon man yeah, I don't get it with get... bacon. Why, did you ever try it? No, never, ah, no. you're missing out on life, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You'll be, like, be like me granny coming back to life and yeah. get
0: that bacon. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Telling yeah. you now. And I got uh, So I actually get like too much sauce in it I get butter (laughs) mayo and cajun sauce Ah, you're saturating it you're
1: spoiling it man like (laughs) what you're one of those excess people yeah yeah oh yeah story of my life yeah yeah but uh, I get
0: I get that and then I get melted cheese oh and so do you ever get when you order so much that the girl behind the counter actually slags you oh yeah she was was like someone's hungry (laughs) listen
1: man I went into the super value there in scary's there the other day and it was on this three day fast and was no good there's no I shouldn't have even done this fast this was a few months ago mm. because I'm much I fucking had afterwards again all the way back but <laughs> yeah. did you, you ever see them huge The rolls man they're that size mm. I went in there and I got it I got that roll independent from the, the counter so I got it over yeah, there in yeah. the bread and then gave it to them and what I got was two chicken filler rolls and a four sausages bacon whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the queue of people behind me and it got fucking so embarrassing oh, because I was obsessed with this roll so the shame <laughs> was not enough to deter me from asking what I wanted because I became obsessed. It was like, it was was like psychosis. Yeah. But the shame, like my face, I was sweating. Do you remember Kevin and Perry go large when when he goes, did you say you shagged me? (laughs) No, no, I didn't. And his face is like, his face is illuminating like the sun. And then he goes, yeah, "Yeah, you did, Kev. You said you shagged the three times. Oh, thanks a lot. You know what I mean, Perry? Well, that's the way I went, man. But I had to go through the whole lot of it. Mm. And every time I asked for another topping, right, she was like, oh, yeah And I was like a, someone have Are you fucking lifting bricks yeah. <laughs> like What the oh, fuck Shut And then they gave me the fucking roll And it was like 11 euro Yeah The
0: roll was 11 euro yeah. Did you ever go to uh, There's a place out in Cabra uh, Clark's No Oh my god The best roll I've ever had No, really. this isn't sponsored But I wish it was <laughs> Oh my god Get them But they have Yeah I think This is the will. first one Freebie yeah. <laughs> you Give them a freebie yeah, advertisement yeah. yeah free sample Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I went there It was like we got everything And she's like You're having a party Are you <laughs> <laughs> The roll came out to me It was like a breakfast roll Everything on the beans And everything You know Just real fucking Aw oh, oh. Everything And it was like 7.50 But I didn't even care Because you'd have You know You have half the roll And yeah. you're done for the day yeah. But then you have the other half And then you hate yourself Yeah You know Yeah Yeah That's when you go too
1: far Yeah Overdose on calories yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah And I used to work In Andy Rockets uh, And um, On I, or cab- huh? In Fisburg, or that one. Oh I thought like you said In the physical form no. <laughs> like, f- Or is that No, that no, that no not the one No not the one in Fisburg, The one out by Camden Street Yeah So but they'd only Have me on during the day Because they didn't trust me At night time <laughs> <laughs> and, and they'd always why oh, why oh just because I was a showy worker <laughs> I wouldn't show up I wouldn't show up To work And like uh, I remember I ate the chicken wings There so much <laughs> That uh, they, they actually Started to smell Like uh, chlorine Like a swimming pill I started to eat them So much And then I just Associated it even though they were nice, but associate it with swimming pools, yeah. and I just stop, and I just, <laughs> <No> <laughs> I'd have to order something else. But uh, yeah, fucking great times, yeah. <laughs> man. Out of me head. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I Was going uh, in on the, on Monday Thomas. morning, look, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Okay, so oh. I've done it before. <laughs> before, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. oh, I'm hyper now after that. It's going to be hard to switch <laughs> gears Dude. now, isn't it? Like, right, right. I'm trying not to distract you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I won't look at
0: you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, You're fucking better now. <laughs> Imagine him <laughs> punching the head at me. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the only logical oh. way we can finish this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You punching the head at <laughs> <on> me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh God. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Will it go? go? Oh yeah. Sorry. Okay. Take a long, slow, <laughs> deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <sorry. laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Take off
0: there <laughs> <laughs> Close your eyes, imagine yourself in a chicken fillet roll, a chicken fillet roll filled with ketchup. You are the chicken fillet, be the chicken fillet, breathe the chicken fillet, know the chicken fillet. You don't know why you're here, you're wondering where your two mates went, lettuce and mayo, but you think they abandoned you to go off and make coleslaw. Let the ketchup wash over you Chicken fillet Spicy chicken fillet You're a resilient warrior In the clothing of a restaurant waiter You can overcome anything Even ketchup And no, it's not called red sauce It's ketchup Chicken fillet Spicy chicken fillet You're so powerful Feel the love of the French baguette envelop your being Like a warm hug you're safe here. This is your hiding place. Don't go in the toaster. You've been burnt before. Chicken fillet, spicy chicken fillet. Your entire life has been spent along the rhythm of a knife's edge from steady hands of deli workers. And I ask the question that severs your tendons. Do you want to cut in half? Chicken fillet, spicy chicken fillet. Do you even know how important you are? You're so loved and you don't even know it. Live in the moment. Enjoy the process. We all meet a brutal end. But chicken fill no one tastes as good as you. <laughs> <That's the end. laughs> that was poetic shit. <laughs>